When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, McCoy. Hey, McCoy. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Sport PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. Did you forget we were on the show today? No. <laughs> Just kind of, we were pretty low-key with that intro. You're like, hello, and welcome to the PHNX Sports. <laughs> I was like, damn. Is it crazy that my head sh- went straight to the Outlet podcast right now? <laughs> from years ago oh man oh, did somebody hit the 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 teacup the throwback. <laughs> that's like a, a get out thing right there yes. somebody must have i was like done something where like, oh. am i what's happening <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks oh my <laughs> no this is the phnx sons podcast <laughs> Lindsay Smith. that's Saul bookman and that's gerald Borgay. <laughs> Are Pretty you sure you get fired if I was saying the I things am? I say on this show on the outlet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have lasted one day. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like I don't even what? know if we would have, it would have never seen the light no, of day. No, no, no. It would have no. never been released. Yeah, Sarver definitely wouldn't let that fly. Uh, unreleased. He said, what about exclusive me? Exclusive episode. <laughs> Done. Mm-hmm. How you guys doing? Good. Good. It's nice to be back to training camp and topics that are not horrible and negative and all off basketball topics yeah. so it's, it's been good i don't know if getting rid of jay crowder is really horrible i mean but the other stuff yeah maybe, maybe <laughs> it's, it's a negative story it's, it's drama, drama. Yeah, so drama. there's that part of it um today was mostly basketball and we finally got an answer to the worst kept secret of all time Mm -hmm. officially officially though cam johnson will be starting for the phoenix suns this upcoming season Hooray! Yes, Yay. we did it. Congratulations, Cam Johnson. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and of course, we talked to him and Monty about it. But first, let's hear what Monty had to say. Yeah, I think, as I've said, ad nauseum, I mean, he's more than a shooter. Right. You know I mean, he's, he's got playmaking. He has the ability to, you know, be a, a connector. Because he's a willing passer, and his athletic ability is is something that most people don't talk about. I think about the dunk he had in Cleveland, uh, the reverse dunk that he did, who he dunked on, but he, he, he dunked on a guy yeah, he back. You know what I'm saying? Defensively is where I told him he has to um, draw the line in the sand, if you will, when he's guarding smaller guys or some of these dynamic guys that he's got to guard. Uh, conversely, I, I think about those guys having to guard him. 
So it was kind of interesting because obviously we've been talking at length about if you're starting Cam, you're giving up a little defensively compared to Jay, giving up a little size, a little rebounding maybe. Um, but they're pretty acutely aware of that. Monty's mentioned the rebounding thing multiple times as something that they're going to have to really improve on this season. Um, and Cam mentioned it as well. We'll get to that. But it's interesting that he kind of spoke to him directly and told him like defensively that's where you're going to have to draw the line in the sand if we're going to make this work. So mm-hmm. they're they're aware of the challenges that are going to come with this. Um, now, whether awareness translates to actually being able to conquer those challenges, we'll see. But he did bring up an interesting point. Like, yes, there is concern about Cam guarding those guys, but I'm also concerned for them about having to guard Cam because this could be the best offensive starting five in, in the league this year. Right. And and them having to guard Cam could also wear them down a little bit more, potentially just tire them out a smidge. Um, well, one through five can score. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like in <clears throat> the closest starting five, like from one through five, and we're not just talking about, you know, three out of the five or anything like that. I, I would agree. I would say that this is probably the best starting five in the league. It's just after that that we start <laughs> to get into some issues. But I mean, every single guy in that starting five can get theirs. Um, and so I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun to watch, but we also talked to Cam Johnson and Gerald asked him just kind of about the challenges that may come with being in that starting unit full time. What are are some of the challenges that come with that kind of thing? Because I know you played with that group before, but, you know, being the starting four full time and the rebounding front going against bigger fours. Yeah, so that's going to have to be a huge focus of mine is, is to rebound, rebound a lot better than I have in my first couple of years um, in guard and be a lot more physical. I think that's that's where I'm going to have to elevate my game a lot because we, in, in that first unit, we have guys that can score the ball. We have guys that can, you know, play out of pick and roll. Um, so I'm going to have to contribute in as many ways as I can. How many does mom want again? It's mom who's on rebounding, right? Or was it mom wants 10. Mom, mom's greedy. <laughs> Well, we're all greedy too. I we guess. want ten too, Cam. Someone quote tweeted that tweet when I tweeted out the video and was like, "It's me, I'm mom." Yeah, <laughs> like we are all in agreement with your mother, so please don't disappoint her or us. Yeah, um, he's not going to average ten That's rebounds not a game. Not even close. You could get like <clears throat> six, seven out of Cam. That would be good. Eight would be fantastic. I don't think that's happening either. But like seven. Yeah, I think you could survive with that given what you're bringing to the table offensively and you know we've talked about this so many times the bench is the biggest concern with this new starting unit for a lot of us um but yeah he i i like that he's already focused on yeah i'm gonna have to be a better rebounder i want to be a better rebounder than i've been the last couple of years so it's it's good that he's been working on that i mean as a team the, the whole team's gotta be better rebounding wise we've mm-hmm. seen that the last couple seasons mm-hmm. um for as many strengths as they have one of their achilles heels has definitely been rebounding mm-hmm. uh the numbers we talked about that so yeah, much so <laughs> much i mean the, the numbers paired out too like they were one of the worst in the nba in terms of rebounding overall like so i i, I think that's a concentrated effort this season they didn't really do anything in the offseason to really bolster that at all. Uh, and losing Jay Crowder hurts to a degree. Uh, that's why I think a move obviously is going to need to be made to, to shore that up a little bit with whatever move you do make with Jay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eli in the chat said that uh, Lemonade looks in shape. Haydot said he better bulk up. He did talk about that today, Cam Johnson. He mentioned that his goal 
was to what be between the 220, 225 range. Mm -hmm. And right now he's at what, 221 is yep. what he said? 221. But he wants it, he doesn't want to bulk up more than that. He just wants that 220 to 225 to be a really solid. Right. He, he was talking about like they had a lot of time this off season. They were he said they were in the weight room every day working on legs, core, all kinds of different stuff um, to just be stronger without putting on too much bulk. Um, I think you don't want to take away kind of his ability to move quick, swiftly on the perimeter and, and spot up for some of those threes that he does. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's uh, for him and Mikhail this summer. It was a focus to just be stronger, even if they're not going to put on a ton of weight. Mm -hmm. I know everyone says this every single media day training camp at the start of a new NBA season. So and so looks like they put on weight. So and so <laughs> mm -hmm. looks jacked. Like, mm -hmm. but I have seen people mention that they think Mikel looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle. Mm -hmm. When we were there, Shane was with us, and he texted me. He's like, "Is it just me, or does Chris Paul look jacked right now?" <laughs> I don't know if it was just different angles. I felt like Chris Paul looked the same, but then you have Cam over here, hopefully being um feeling a little more just grounded sturdy mm -hmm. in his frame but yeah he said they were in the gym like doing two hour long workouts mm -hmm. on a regular basis wow it's that ish wainwright strongman oh, influence when yeah. you got him on the team for a whole summer Jesus. man <laughs> you know he was teaching them the secrets oh my gosh <laughs> some people are just naturally built and he is definitely <laughs> yeah. ish wainwright I think Mikael Bridges is on the opposite yeah. side where he's just naturally long yes. and thin. Oh, yeah. He told us last year, he was like, I've been in the weight room. Like People he's always like, ask trying, me, like, I'm trying. Guys. I just don't put on weight. I'm just trying <laughs> to get stronger. The, the, what people don't tell you is you have to eat Mikhail in addition to your lifting. Okay? <laughs> he literally eats Chipotle every day. <laughs> and you know he gets like double meat, double this, double that every time too. That's it's, not going to do it. <laughs> it's protein. <laughs> Oh God, could you imagine having Mikhail's metabolism though? Be so fantastic. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. I did until like probably three years ago. Well, everyone's asking in the chat. I mean, Gerald, have you, mm. re have you read the chat over the last like three weeks? No. Everyone's like, <laughs> Gerald, are you all natural? Gerald looks so <laughs> fit. Drop the regiment, Gerald. What are you doing? I'm not, I haven't worked out in As like, he, six like months. As he like low key flexes by like, <laughs> you know, he's like pretending. I haven't worked out in like six months. <laughs> you know, no I, you like, know, I don't flexing. know. Oh my God. <laughs> Calm down, buddy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, Herodious. in the wake of finding out that Cam Johnson is officially starting for the Phoenix Suns, we got some really cool tweets. So it's time for some screenshots presented by Arizona Department of Health Services. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. This first screenshot, a tweet from StatMuse. They shared Cam Johnson's stats um, as a starter last season. So we've got 16.3 points per game, 4.9 rebounds per game, 3.13 points per game, 49.2% uh, from the field, 42% from deep, and 91.2% from the stripe. Yeah, I we've talked about this before. Like in, I think it was 18 or 19 games that he started last year, and he played really well. Um, I know that they were missing another starter or two for a lot of those games. So part of that might be inflated a little bit by a lack of, you know, not one, but two starters from the normal lineup. Um, but this is encouraging that he's a guy that can produce. He's a guy that can be super efficient. Those are borderline 50, 40, 90 splits. Um, 
and he's I really do think the Suns offense is going to benefit from you know going from Jay Crowder's 34% shooting to Cam's like 42 from 3 last year that's a huge difference and it's going to I really do think if the bench can at least somewhat keep it together this team could lead the league in offensive rating and at least this starting five because like they've got so much firepower now um you know having to worry about mikhail and cam from three having to worry about them put the ball on the floor if you close out too hard um you know seeding a little bit of the control in the offense away from chris paul to these other guys which they've talked about in training camp i, I do think it's going to be really really hard to stop they got too many weapons uh, i mean if i had to predict anything i think he's going to come close to that i mm-hmm. think i actually think you know 17 18 is is definitely not a, uh out of the realm of possibility be just because of how much attention the other guys draw to themselves and, mm-hmm. and if, if cam is ready and, and cam is is playing at a high level like he showed flashes of last year I easily think he can average 17 to 18 points just off of just off of spot up shooting alone. I think he can get nine to 12 points a game because he he's easily a kind of guy that can drop three or four threes a game. Like there, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. Um, it's just where else is he getting those points? How how much has he improved his mid range game? Um, how much has he improved uh, improved his ball handling in order to be able to drive to the basket? Um, outside of slashes. So, you know, those are the things that I'm looking for from Cam Johnson, uh, obviously in addition to the to the defensive side. But I, I definitely think that this team could play at a very, very high level. But it just depends on how much of a step did they all take in this offseason. Mm-hmm. And, and we've said it a million times. It's not Book and CP3 you got to worry about. It's the other three. How big of a leap are those other three going to take? Because I could see everybody's kind of trashing the Suns right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Everybody's down on the Suns, I would say, locally, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even nationally, I don't think there's a lot of optimism about what the Suns are going to do. But let's just say, for example, DA averages 20, mm-hmm. uh, Cam averages 18, and Mikhail's in the 15 to 17 range. Like, all of a sudden, you're talking about a team that could easily repeat their performance <laughs> from last year mm-hmm. because they're going to be averaging well over 100, 110, 115 points a game. And I would wager to say that their pace might even improve too. So uh, it's just it's just gonna be crazy. It's gonna I, I'm 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 optimistic about that starting five excelling because those three specifically have to excel based on what I said yesterday about Chris Paul being semi washed. And and I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as the changes that Cam brings to the table. Um, like obviously it's contingent on those three guys, the younger guys that you mentioned. I think Cam's kind of like the barometer of the group as far as like whether this is going to work out well or not. I want to see him taking like eight to 10 threes a game because we know he's got the efficiency. We've talked so many times about how the Suns need to find ways to um, engineer more three-pointers in their Mm -hmm. offense, not be so mid-range heavy. Like if Cam is taking eight to 10 threes a game, that's huge, especially as a 40% three-point shooter. That means you're kind of improving in that regard. So if he's doing that, he's going to be getting about 15 points a game at least. What I hope happens is I hope they take, you know, this is something that they can learn from the Warriors. I hope they take the approach of uh, a good shot is a good shot. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where it comes from mm-hmm. um, because that's something that the Warriors excel at. And because, because you see, even when Clay wasn't clicking last year, he was still taking the shots. He was still chucking them up. Um, and, and Steph is going to get his. And if Booker relies and knows and goes into the system knowing, like, I'm still going to get mine. 
So if Cam's got the shot, take the shot. Like yeah. always take the shot. Don't ever second guess it or defer to somebody else because the play was supposed to be run for Booker, but you're wide the fuck open. Like take the shot. Mm -hmm. Like I think every single one of these guys is good enough to take the shot anytime they have it open. Uh, and that's the difference between them and, and a lot of the other teams in the league. Some guys, you know, you got starting five, but like two of those dudes, you're like, yeah, don't you fucking shoot. You know I mean? like, that's just how it is. Well, and I think, too, moving into this starting unit, not that Cam is really an emotional player, but it takes some of the pressure off of his shoulders, too, because all of the whole time he was coming off the bench, it was like, Cam, you're the guy. Mm -hmm. If you're missing shots coming off the bench, we're in trouble. Right. Which, sure, yes, at some point in time, we have to address that elephant in the room, too. But being in the starting unit, it takes that pressure off a little bit. You know every single guy around you can go get a bucket. Mm -hmm. So when the ball comes to you, just throw it up because we we are confident in your abilities to knock down a shot. Right. And, and Cam and Monty have both mentioned that Cam has that familiarity with the starting group because he's played some games with them before. Cam mentioned when he first came into training camp um, because Mikhail and I think Jay were hurt. He was running a lot of minutes with that starting group. So he's got that familiarity. So it's not necessarily going to be this kind of maybe at first but it's not going to be this long-winded feeling out process like like it was when the Suns first got Jay and Chris Paul that year and the first 16 games they were like eight and eight trying to figure stuff out um, I think it'll be a much more seamless transition um, until you start putting the reserves in but uh, you know I, I do think we could be poised to see a bounce back from certain guys in the second unit and um, I think that'll help a lot as far as exceeding national media's expectations for this group. Because you're right, a lot of people are down on the Suns. They're doubting that this team is going to implode. And we have our concerns as far as the off-court stuff. But on the court, this team could still easily win 50 to 55 games without yeah, breaking a sweat. For sure. Not, not only that, but you know, yesterday I mentioned Chris Paul's minutes and how it was damn near a career high mm -hmm. in, in his 17th season at the time, uh, averaging 32.9 minutes a game. Like, you, you can't have that again. But what you can have is D.A. D.A. didn't, didn't average 30 last year. Like, he, he can be above that. D.A. should be playing 32 to 34 minutes a night mm -hmm. at this point. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Cam Johnson... Probably I, I didn't look at Cam Johnson's stats, but I'm going to wager to say he probably played. Okay, 26. Yeah. That could easily be 32 to 34. So now you're talking about instead of having to to rely on the bench so much, right? You can stagger these guys throughout the course of a game, and to where you always have two or three starters in the game, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that relies less on the bench and the performance of the bench. Um, as we move forward, because now you got Cam playing more minutes, you got Da <clears throat> playing more minutes which is a benefit. So now you're trying to figure out where those other 16 minutes are going to come from as opposed to maybe 24 or 25. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I did see something in the chat that I wanted to address that said, by announcing Cam as the starter at the four, that reduces the value of who they can get in a trade for Jay. It might just be some bench players for Jay. I don't really think that that affects it. I, I think Jay was kind of going to fetch what he was going to fetch at this point. We've talked about the lack of leverage as far as his trade requests request being public. That hurts it a little bit. But teams are going to want a 3 and D vet. Um, so you were kind of already looking at bench players coming back in a trade. I, I don't think you were going to trade him for a starting caliber guy anyway. Um, and they feel comfortable with Cam as a starter. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about that aspect. If, if anything, it's, it's the publicity of asking for this trade that is right. making people question it. Because there was a report that came out earlier today, not to go too off topic here, but... I found it interesting, and an anonymous executive said, 
I wouldn't want Jay Crowder on my team because somebody who's publicly requesting a trade because your team says earn your starting spot. That's not a team player. That's mm-hmm. not a guy that I would want on my team. I mean, but at the same time, there are teams that are going to want a guy like Jay Crowder because of what uh, he does provide and how he can, in some ways, help push them over the edge. I always love it when they're anonymous. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, you know what it is? It's you're full of shit because mm-hmm. maybe your team, you know, like, do I really take stock in some anonymous, uh, you know, executive from the fucking Kings giving me his <laughs> two cents on Jay Crowder? No, not even a little bit. That's why this anonymous thing is like, come on now. Like, if you don't want to put your name behind it, mm-hmm. STFU. <laughs> some dude from the Magic just from you know the top I mean? rope. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, no, no business. Bro, no one even asked playoffs you. <laughs> in years. Oh, oh, I would never want a guy like Jay. That's why you keep losing. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was it, it was out there. But anyway, (laughs) our next screenshot comes from David at the Four Point Play on Twitter. And they said, if I could bet on it, I'd put a lot of money on the Suns being top five in pace this season. They have three of the best transition players in Aiton, 96th percentile, Bridges, 89th, and Johnson, 82nd in the starting lineup. Oh, also Book, who was fourth in the entire NBA for transition points per game. Saul, you alluded to this just a few minutes ago. Um, This is kind of a fun... Fun thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm, I, this year. I, listen, I think pushing the tempo is is, is needed for this team. Mm. Uh, the only thing holding them back is you know old man River bringing the ball up the court. You know what I mean? Like, but but he has a he has a propensity to be able to push the ball as well, um, and he knows when to pick his spots, and that's the that's the most important thing. So I I think if they push the tempo, um, they're going to surprise a lot of people offensively. I just I, that's how I feel like, and I feel like a lot of these games, especially in the early part of the season, they're going to have to rely on their offense more than their defense until they kind of start to gel together and really understand the strengths and weaknesses. Minus Jay Crowder, yeah, and we we kind of started to see that emphasis on pushing the tempo last year um, with Chris Paul's first year here. They had a pace of ninety eight, which ranked twenty fourth in the NBA last year. Their pace was up to. 100.26 which was eighth in the nba so they went from 24th to eighth That's in pace that. um and i think you know getting the ball out of chris's hands a little bit monty mentioned they're going to have other guys bring the ball up the court they're going to have other guys initiate the offense to try and save chris paul and keep him fresher and i think that'll help naturally boost the pace even further especially because as david nash pointed out like there are a lot of guys on this team that thrive in the open court, that thrive in transition. They're young. They've got the energy. They've got the legs for it. Like, let them go do that. Uh, refresh my memory. They did uh, invoke the rule where you get penalized for the breakaway fouls now, right? Yeah, and the take foul should help, the take too. Foul. So, yeah, it, I, I would be very interested to see how many teams to, – who took the most, uh, you know, take fouls mm-hmm. in the league last year. I'm sure we could find that stat out. Right, Gerald? <laughs> by, by we, he means you. I'm sure, we, the royal we, could at find some this. point, right? Can we find this anyway? Um, I, I, I would because I, I don't recall the Suns being like over the top with that, mm-hmm. um, like other teams were. So I would be very interested to see how that's going to affect pace of play for every team. Um, and man, you know what? Just on a side note, I'm so happy that they did institute that. I don't know how mm-hmm. effective this is going to be though, because I don't feel like they took. A, a a big enough step to try like and curb that enough. yeah like yeah. one point like all right but yeah. yeah i i mean still like that's a big deal i the reason why a lot of us fell in love with it basketball is the beauty mm-hmm. of the fast break mm-hmm. and i'm so excited that that's gonna be back yep 
We complained about it quite a bit last year, too. Oh, so hopefully it we don't so, have to do that this year. It was year. so bad. And they were like praised as like, oh, that's the veteran move. That's a smart move. Such like buzz Change the rule so it's not the yeah. smart move. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch this. Yes. And then finally, our last screenshot comes from Patrick Stewart on Twitter. Said, the Suns starting four players they drafted has got me misty-eyed. I love it. Me too. I mean, it is it is kind of impressive when you go back and look at how many times this team failed in the draft over that mm-hmm. last 10-year period. And now they've got to a point where all four guys that they've drafted or traded for on draft night, in Mikhail's case, are in the starting lineup. And they're arguably top 100 players. I know Cam didn't make ESPNs, but he probably should have. So this yeah. is it is pretty cool to see this kind of homegrown thing take flight. It's just you you love to root for those kind of guys. It's not that you don't love to root for guys who come in like Chris Paul, but it's just something a little extra special. It's really cool. Um, it's it's hard to to put too much stock into it because since then, mm-hmm. <laughs> since Cam, uh, not, not much to look at. There's not much to talk about. Yeah. Like There has <laughs> not been any development. There hasn't been any draft picks that stuck around. Like We got rid of uh, Jalen Smith, and that was that. And so... Um, I don't want to get to a point where, you know, the cupboards bare draft wise for several years and all of a sudden, you know, these guys mature and they age and their careers are coming to an end and we have nothing to show for it mm-hmm. to back them up. Like, so hopefully that'll start to, to change and tweak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guys, guess what? What? Tonight is the night. We're going on the ghost tour oh, at Four yeah. Peaks. And <laughs> I'm so excited. I feel like I'm not going to love it until we're in the middle of it. And then I'm going to be way into it. It's going to be a blast. Why Do you know gonna, what I mean? Why aren't you going to love the start of it? I always like the hype she puts behind this. <laughs> no, like. <laughs> I, I feel just, like I'm going to hate it until I'm not there. Because <laughs> it, it's a, it's going to probably be a little creepy, right? And I so at know. first I'm not going to love it. And then we're going to get in the thick of it. I'm like, this is great. You I'm love so that glad. haunted shit though. I do. But it, but at the beginning I don't because I'm a little nervous. <laughs> okay. I don't know it what to expect. It creates a little bit of anxiety. Because it's not like it's a haunted house. I don't believe. I don't know what's going to. I'm. No, I'm, but he did say that, like, usually on these tours, you can see some shenanigans happening. I'm not a believer. Sorry. Saul just rolled his eyes at me yeah. so hard. I remember just being, like, for anybody who's been down south, like, to, to Tombstone, Yeah, mm-hmm. they have the Birdcage Theater. Um, and we did a haunted tour there one time and I sat there and it was like, it was all quiet and it's an old theater, right? So like you could hear like somebody like shift in their chair and the creak of the wood and somebody's like, oh my God, can you feel the spirit? I'm like, no, dumbass, it's your chair moving. Okay. Like what are we talking about here? Okay, but I did grow up right down the street from Tombstone. Uh-huh. And there are also a lot of weird things in Sierra Vista as well. I definitely saw a ghost at my grandma's old work. So I'm just saying. I just I can't stand the TV shows where they come in with like this equipment that I starts know. like going off. It's like, oh, there's something in. The- shut up! No, it's not. <laughs> oh, but you love think, it when Ghostbusters does it. That's a fictional movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie that's versus real for life. children. <laughs> yeah. Did you, anyway. did you really compare this? To- <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> it didn't say based on true events at the beginning of Ghostbusters. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I feel like it did. Let's check the tape. I feel like it did. Anyway, I think we have like what, maybe like two or three spots left. Yeah, we, we have. We, a few? we have we have five spots left. So okay. if you guys want to come tonight at seven p.m., just DM Saul. Let him know. We'll see you guys out there. We also have some really cool events in the works with them over at Four Peaks. So stay tuned for all of that. And if you haven't tried their delicious beer, that's the best part of Four Peaks. You should definitely pick some up 
on your way home from work. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 years or older. And we ask that you enjoy responsibly. The one thing I'm doing before I even step foot in four peaks is I'm mm. definitely taking an OG. Are you? <laughs> Hell you yeah. Hell yeah. Wouldn't that make it worse? I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's the point, right? <laughs> I like, mean, I guess. We might as well fucking trip out if we're going to trip out. Let's go. <laughs> like, I want to see some spirits, whether it be truthfully or just in my mind. Oh. I don't care. Like, I want to see. So, uh yeah, it's going to be awesome. OGs, obviously, uh, in addition to all their fantastic edibles, they just launched uh, their their sleepy time, uh, uh, you know. Uh, gummies. Edible, gummies. There yeah. you go. I couldn't mm-hmm. find the word, uh, which is a nice mix of, uh, it has CBN in it, which is fantastic. It's a, a two-to-one mix. So, uh, you know, definitely check them out. They're basically every dispensary here in the in the state. They're fantastic. They have so many different flavors. You can't go wrong, Mm -hmm. but you must be 21 and over to partake. So enjoy responsibly. So Frank in the chat asked if Sarich was playing this season. And Mm -hmm. the answer to that, Frank, is yes. And we have some really cool updates from camp around Dario as well. Gerald, take it away. Cool updates. (laughs) Be excited about things, Saul. With Dario. Be excited. We want you to be happy and excited We get to talk about basketball now, Saul. Be excited. Shit. Yes. He's like, um, oh, you want me to be excited over Dario Sarich? Yeah, carry okay. on. Sorry, I forgot. So <laughs> we we talked to Sarich for like 15 minutes at Media Day, and we got to talk to him on, what was that, Tuesday? He's such a great Wednesday. guy, by the way. He is. And he is. That's why you should be excited about it. He's back. <laughs> your your definition of excitement for the basketball season of mine very much are different. <laughs> Care more. Care more. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> no, but I – Talking to him, you just get the sense like he was very straightforward about how difficult it was for him to get to this stage because he was talking about like, yes, I got injured on the first my first play of the first game of the finals. He was like, why couldn't it have happened like game five? At least I could have had a couple of games to maybe make a difference. Um, So he's got that in the back of his mind. And then you're going through the rehab process. You're watching your team, you know, steamroll through the league. But you're kind of stuck doing the same jumping and running and stretching drills that you were doing months ago. And it doesn't seem like you're making a lot of progress. So for him to be able to go home and play at Eurobasket, play for his country, it meant a lot to him. I know all of us watching were kind of like, Dario doesn't look so great. But it kind of gave him the opportunity to shake off the cobwebs. And as he said, put the fear behind him Mm -hmm. because he, he kind of got that rust off, that physical... Yeah, like when you haven't played in over a year, oh, when you have two knee surgeries. Oh, I know. I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not disputing the fears. Just the way you like phrased it, I was like, oh, that's the, the fear. That's the way you to said trust it. his body again. Is that better? Tonight, when we go to Four Peaks, you can feel the fear. <laughs> Maybe I should have done quotes because that's what he said. You got to put your hands up. Like it's this. like it's I kind of put the fear on the side. So you know, Dario. Like I love the way he talks, but he was like, I kind of put the fear on the side. Um, don't be scared of going into contact. Don't be scared to play basketball again. Um, because you can kind of second guess yourself when you're coming off an injury and you're not sure what you can do physically anymore. Um, and Monty was saying, this is what he said. We're just glad he's back. His spirit is so important to our team. Just seeing him playing overseas. I told Mark Bryant today, I'm so thankful he did that because now a lot of the rust is off. He's just out there making plays. He's not thinking about anything. I think if he would have just come into camp, it wouldn't have been as smooth as it has been so far so it's one of those things where he had he did go through the ringer he talked about when you see the wall you just have to go through the wall and he said like Monty said everything you want is on the other side of the heart so like Dario is just an easy guy to root for but it is going to be interesting to see 
where he's played because he's normally been a small ball five. And now Monty has talked a lot about playing him as a four to help with the rebounding, to help with just the fact that they're missing Jay. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I, I, I like Dario. I don't know what he has left. Um, I think it's just, he's a tough one for me to be honest with you. Cause I'm not, I feel like if he was on any other team, I'd be like, he's, he's all right. He's okay. He's not really all that. Whereas before you know, when I watched him play for the Sixers, I felt like, you know, he had, he had a very versatile game and I feel like he's slowed down a bit since those days. Mm-hmm. Um, the outside shooting isn't as prevalent as it was, you know, from those days. And, um, it, but the one thing I will say is, is did look a little slimmer and a little quicker mm-hmm. in Eurobasket than he had previously. So um, I'm hoping if if that is the case, uh, his outside shooting will be a little bit more consistent. And he'll he'll launch him a little bit more, um, and he'll be able to take advantage of that quickness a little bit more down low. Because uh, obviously we know he's got the booty to back anybody up, but <laughs> um, but can he do it in a more versatile way? Is what I'm asking for. So I feel like we should just clip that. <laughs> exact thing and just loop it the booty to back anything yeah, up yeah i think that's what we should <laughs> the homie got booty if i knew what the, should that be our like season long slogan i don't know what his his native tongue's version of booty is but if i find it yeah i know I, I agree with you like the three-point shooting it has to be better than the last time we saw him it was just under 35 so if you're aiming for like 36 37 that would be huge um but it is an interesting thing because monty basically said at media day, we're talking about a new role for Dario. And then at training camp the other day, he mentioned like, yeah, we're going to play him at the four more um, to help with the rebounding. And it's one of those things where I get it on paper. And until we see what the returns of a Jay Crowder trade are, it makes sense. But also like you're kind of taking away some of what he does best because as a pick and pop guy, it's easier to get that advantage when you're going against fives instead of fours. And like campaign has talked about, I love playing pick and pop with Dario and getting those switches onto fives a little bit earlier in the shot clock, because then I can go to work in that way. So, you know, we've talked a lot about how Sharich might be able to help campaign get back on track. If he's playing as a four, does that apply as much? I'm, I'm not so sure. Unless Jock Landale is the other five. And then you've got two floor spacing. But things. no matter what the position, though, Dario is a good facilitator. Yes, um, he he's a good guy to to work the ball through because he he's going to make um, you know smart decisions with the ball, and that's what you want. And I think campaign uh, the struggles with campaign is is that he he was far too inconsistent with with his benchmates. Mm-hmm. He didn't know where they were going or what they where they were coming from, and so he just he was all wonky himself, and he needs that consistency more than anybody. Um, so, you know, hopefully that pays off. So if we see Dario more at the four this season, <clears throat> who do you guys envision being that backup five? Oh, Biz. I am not so sure. Normally I would have said Biz, but the way that they've you been. You think the thunder from down under? Well, I think it might be. Based off what? of what we learned at training camp. What? I think it might. I, I don't know this for a fact. They haven't said anything concrete about it, but Monty, Devin Booker, um, have both unprompted brought up not how how surprised they've been playing with Jock Landale, but how they've um, appreciated a lot of the stuff that they're learning that he can do. So I think it's possible he could be the backup center. I, I don't know Ooh. that for sure, but it's something to keep an eye on. It does sound like the way that they've been talking about him, it's not a guy that's going to get like, you know, third string center minutes on this team. Ooh, I don't know. I, hey, I'm here for it. 
listen, if if Jacques could have come from any other program, to come from the Spurs <laughs> and, and working under um, Pop, like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. I could see it. But, again, I got to see this guy in action first. Like, yeah. I know mm-hmm. wa- watching him play for the Spurs is one thing, but when you put him into your system, how he fits, how he adapts, how he plays, that all matters, and we're about to find out soon. Right. And, and Biz is no slouch either because, like, I know he was the third string last year, but when they put him in in the playoffs in little minutes, spot minutes here and there, he performed. He played hard. He did. He was a good rim roller. Like he did what he was supposed to do. He's not a spectacular, overwhelming option as the backup, but he's still in the mix. I would say. Blue gold. Stop shouting in the chat, please. <laughs> I know Dario has a two-inch vertical, but so did Larry Bird. Damn it, leave him alone. <laughs> No, that's just how Blue talks. He says it's not <laughs> oh, him yelling. Yeah. Everybody listen to me. <laughs> no, he literally told us in the chat before. Yo. That's just how he talks. He's not yelling, I swear to God. I, I, I want to meet Blue Gold in person and see if he just screams what at if, me the whole What time. if Blue Gold is Jay Crowder? What if Jay Crowder oh, watches our show? Jay, is that you? Blue Gold, you have to tell us. Are you actually Jay Crowder? Yeah. You have to tell us. If we it's ask you, you have to tell us. It's like the FBI. Is that you, 99? <laughs> 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 That'd be fantastic. He's suddenly quiet. What's going on here? <laughs> While we wait for the answer, um, if Blue Gold is Jay Crowder, let me tell you guys about Game Time, the hottest new ticketing <laughs> site where you can score tickets for up to 60% off when you buy last minute. So Saul told us yesterday that the real trick here. The real trick is buying your tickets the day of the game or the event, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking super procrastination or a lot of spontaneity, whichever one makes you feel a little (laughs) bit better about yourself. But you can feel better because you can get up to 60% off. So either way. It's a really great option. It would, I feel not like have, I it would not have helped last night at the Bad Bunny I was going to say, I feel like I should have looked at the Bad Bunny, <laughs> I, but I, I looked, probably saw I looked, I looked about two hours before the concert. The mm-hmm. cheapest ticket was three forty nine. Oh man. So new. Well, Bad Bunny is on a level of his own, let's be real. <laughs> but I think we, we looked already, and I think for the preseason games, aren't there some that we can, there's some preseason tickets for like $11? Oh, you can get them for like $4 to the 36 That's what I'm saying. So if you, if you look on Sunday, you could probably get a ticket for like $4. Oh, I'm sure oh, yeah. you could. I'll look and see what the price is right now while while you're talking. Yeah. We, we did get an update from Blue Gold. I hate what Jay is Crowder. It oh. <laughs> so that's that's exactly Jay what we Crowder would, yeah. would exactly. say. Exactly. That's no, exactly what Jay, would say, right Jay would say right now. Jay so. would say fuck Jay Crowder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't say I hate Jay Crowder. You'd say fuck Jay Crowder. I don't believe you, Blue Gold. I don't right believe. now, you can attend the Suns game on Sunday for $3. Oh. Three dollars. Three dollars on oh. the app. Let's go. Game time. It's in the yeah. it's in the chat. Hit the link and uh, enjoy. Yeah. Make sure you guys buy through the link that we put in the description of the show because it's the best way to support us and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And if you love us, we know you're gonna love game time. So just make just use that link. Lower level sure. ticket, cheapest one I can see right now, sixteen dollars. That's wow. not bad either. That's level, pretty that's good. Great. Yeah. That's not bad either. So you should do it. Use game time. Buy your tickets late, get great great deals. I mean, what more could you ask, honestly? The only other thing that you could ask for to make your viewing pleasure a little bit more fun is a gamble on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to really get into the action on the court. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. So you definitely want to take advantage of this now so you have those $200 free dollars 
in free bets for this upcoming NBA season. Because yeah. then you can drop it on futures bets or just the start of the season. Some fun, exciting gambles to get your heart rate up a little bit while you're watching Suns basketball. You can't go wrong. Take the Dolphins plus four and a half today. Mm-hmm. It's just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you free money right now because yep. I'm always right. <laughs> I will tell you, if you go whack and watch uh, on our on our Sunday tailgate show, mm-hmm. I am like 6-0 and right now on the season. My picks have always hit. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like when Espo makes a pick, we need to have a little more accountability. Because Oh, like yeah, no. You should never, ever, ever listen to Espo. If we went back and, like, tallied yeah. who hit and who missed, I yeah. would ne- wonder never, who has. Never listen to Espo. <laughs> never listen to Toe Tree. And never listen to Johnny. Those three stay as far away as possible. Listen to me. I know it all. And Shane's okay. Sean's not too bad. But I'm the one. <laughs> Is there anything you're bad at, Sol? No. So download the Jockey and Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code PHNX. No, you're not. That's promo code PHNX on the Jockey and Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, we've got some burning questions that we want to get into. Um, A couple more today. But first, I think we should start off burning questions with the question that Eli just dropped in our chat. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Question for the crew. Suns player you've hated. Like have hated yeah. or hate right now? Oh. Either one. Okay. Have I would hated. say have hated. Let's do have. All right. yeah, I was, was going to say hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like the Morris twins. Yeah, I'm having a, a hard time thinking of his name right now. Like I don't like him that much that I've just like blinded by rage. I've, I've erased what, it. Was it while you were there? Yeah. What's his face oh. that we that paid fifteen million dollars to have come in? And Trevor then Ariza. Yes. Thank Trevor you. Ariza. Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. You didn't like Trevor Ariza? Um, I like Trevor, Trevor Ariza, Ariza was really actually. You know what? He quit, I hate. Like, I hated Trevor Ariza in. for what he did to the team. Yeah, I don't yes. hate him as a person. Yeah, he's no, a good, no. solid person. But for what he did to the team, I hated him. For that. Yeah, yeah, no, I I really liked Trevor Ariza um, as a person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he pulled here was just stupid. I just mm-hmm. feel like he he straight up robbed the signs. It sure, feels like sure, sure. But he yeah. was a solid dude. He was also a random signing. Like why? Why that guy? I like I know he's like a three and D guy and stuff, but he was not. A, it made sense from a signing, but the one year fifteen million dollar deal thing was 15. stupid. Like you, you I know you have to overpay to get guys to come here, but if he's on a one year deal, what kind of effort do you think he's going to give? Like for a yeah. rebuilding team, that's just not how you do that. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not. A, I wasn't a big fan. Um, I don't know if I've really hated anybody. I mean, I know the Morris twins, mm-hmm. um, you know, were were hated by a lot. But uh, to be honest with you, that was a time where I was kind of absent from Suns basketball for a few years. <laughs> Lucky me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I didn't really embrace the whole thing, uh, mm-hmm. the whole Morai awfulness. But uh, you know, and, and honestly, our interview with Robert Ori changed my views on his time here. So I don't really hate him as much. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say I hated anybody. I don't hate anybody on this year's team. I've never really. I just listen well, when I go after people. Let's disclaimer real quick. When we say hate, we I don't think we literally mean like I hate this person. It's I more think, like I just didn't like what you did. I, right. At least yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people associate hate with with a lot of these players though because they're just that emotional about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like even Shamit, like I give Shamit so much shit, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't hate the guy. Like I want right. him to succeed. If he balls out this year, guess who's going to do a complete one eighty on him? Me. Mm-hmm. Like I promise you, I will. But like you got a ball. 
Right. Like, I want to win a championship, man. <laughs> I'll give a fuck about your 20% three-point percentage. Pick that shit up. It was 35, so. but yes. Um, <laughs> it was I, 20% uh, when we uh, needed them the most. All right. Well, I, yeah, like I, 99.9% <laughs> of NBA players, I want them to succeed and do well. There's just like a few that are in that like 0.1, like Grayson Allen. Like, that's a guy that's hard for me to root for in any capacity. But on the Suns, I don't. I feel like I've been lucky because as bad as it's been around here, I haven't had any like truly nasty experiences with any of these guys. Like TJ Warren would duck us and he'd give us like two word answers, yeah, but, but he was just like a shy dude. Um, I'm going to keep mine a secret. Um, but Brendan Clean <laughs> brought up a really good one. Friend of the fam. Hi, Brandon. How are you? <clears throat> Said someone has to say KJ. That that one. Yes, I'll agree. I never, you know, obviously talked to KJ well before my time, but like off court actions. Yeah, are, are hard to get behind for yeah. sure. And, and any time that we talk about best dunks or best players in Suns history, and we don't mention KJ, we got people in the chat like, "What about KJ?" Yeah. It's like, well, I, I'm a little conflicted with KJ. I know what he did post uh, post career, and that's not okay. And mm -hmm. I, but at the same token, you know, when I was in high school, um, my 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 shooting guard. Um, his mom died, and KJ um, took him uh, took him in and embraced him, and uh, went to church with him a couple times, and like tried to be a mentor to him during that time. So there's there's a little bit of this and a little bit of that with KJ personally for me, uh, but yeah, I, I could see why people would say KJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Marco, you're gonna have to Google it. You yeah, know. It's, yeah, it's not good. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get into burning questions. <laughs> Today's top question is Devin Booker that guy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I will say this full disclosure before Chris Paul got here, I did not know if if Devin Booker was on his way to being that guy or just a really 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 good player. Mm -hmm. Um but I think over the course of the last two seasons with a proven point guard obviously has helped. Um I think he's learned how to develop his game into being that guy and I think Chris Paul has shown him the road to where he needs to go to be on that same level. I don't think he's ever going to reach Kobe status. I don't think he's ever going to be able to do that because I mean, that would talk about five championships, right? Yeah. But I think he's good enough to be able to carry a team to get at least one and shit. That's all we want, right? We just want one. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm a believer now in Devin Booker. I think there's still some things that he needs to, to tweak. And I think it's more just athletically. I think he needs to get a little quicker and a little faster to be able to get things off in a manner that he wants to truly be able to take over a game whenever he wants to. Right now, it's those 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 moments for me come come with a lot of a, attrition in the middle, mm -hmm. um, and and sometimes I can tell when like oh he's not going to be able to get a shot against this guy because this guy's just got him. Whereas like Kobe, MJ, it didn't matter who the fuck was guarding them. You just knew they were going to be able to get theirs off and no matter what. So that's the only little sliver. Do you think that's possible athletically uh, to get better? Well, or it, you just kind of like your athleticism is what you got? I think you, you get smarter. You get smarter. Maybe not mm -hmm. athletically get better, but you get smarter. Hell, Steph Curry last year proved that. You know, I I was definitely on the count. I love Steph Curry, one of my favorite players of all time. However, I didn't know if he was going to be able to carry a team all by himself. And then he did it last year, mm. um, damn near all by himself uh, at some points because he added to his game. He got smarter about the way he approached the game. He picked and chose his spots, and then he just came through in those big moments, and he was super awesome. So um, I think Devin Booker can model that after after Steph. 
Right. And I do think the progression of his game, like development is not linear and he has made it look that way because of how he's added to weaker, weaker areas of his game every single season. You know, when they said he was just a scorer, he, or when they said he was just a shooter coming into the draft, he became a well-rounded scorer. When they said all he does is take shots, he was basically the sun's best option at point guard for a full year because they had nobody else. And he had like seven or eight assists a game that season. Like, Every defense, three-point shooting, every time he's elevated his game to address those problem areas. And he's done it the last two seasons, still been an effective scorer. You look at the scoring numbers and the efficiency, and it's stayed about the same. Mm -hmm. But it's because they've had a guy come in who is so heliocentric on offense as far as controlling the rock with Chris Paul. You look at him, he's led the league in points per touch the last three seasons among guys who have had at least 50 touches per game. So he's a guy that doesn't get as many touches as some of these other high usage scorers in the league, but he makes the most of them in a way that other guys just don't. Book is incredibly consistent mm-hmm. over the last five years. Right. It's, when I look at the stats, I look for trends. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to find trends with Book because he's he's basically the same player no matter what. He he elevated uh, to a degree last year a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still it's crazy to see his efficiency ratings, his shooting percentages like. I'm like, damn, how the hell is somebody that damn consistent all the time, which is remarkable. And it's ironic because we kind of gotten back to a place where early in his career, it was like, you know, Devin Booker forces it sometimes or he doesn't have that feel for the moment. And now it's kind of like there are times where he needs to force it a little Mm. bit more because he doesn't get those same amount of touches that other guys get um, that are in his scoring position. So I'm kind of excited. I know that the window is now as far as Chris Paul and everything. But I am intrigued by what's going to come when they, you know, downshift Chris Paul a little bit or when he's off the team entirely because Book is going to have to take a lot of that responsibility of being the guy that runs everything again. Um, And I think over the years he's gotten a lot smarter about picking his spots from a playmaking standpoint, from a scoring standpoint. And so when that day comes and he has to do everything again, like I'm excited to see what he's able to do with more touches. Some people might say Lindsay is the Devin Booker of our show. I would say like that. Matt Stevenson in our chat says, you're awesome, Lindsay. I love how professional and consistent you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Yep. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah. Do you think that I've never been complimented on what the am show I supposed before. to do? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> you guys just made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, and that's the whole point. Yeah, let's go. Do you think Devin will be first team all NBA this year? Yes. Yes. I don't know. That's really tough. I think to if be they the get bounced, five. if they if they are not playing as gr- if they can play eighty percent as good as they did last year, I think the possibility of yes is there. Anything less than eighty percent, I think they're going to completely rip on the Suns. I think because if, they can't. I think if Devin Booker now with the the West being back to reloaded again, mm-hmm. if Devin Booker plays at the same level he did last year and they're still beating the same teams that they did last year, I think unequivocally he will be a first team all NBA yeah. if those those teams that were all you know wondering about the clippers the nuggets so on and so forth if they come back to town and they beat that ass yeah no devin booker will be a third teamer or or yeah god knows where there's there's just so many good guards in the league it's hard to say anyone is a lock for first team all nba this season but i do think if they if they're like a number 1 number 2 seed in the west if book puts up similar stats i i he's got a really good case for it yeah We'll always have ESPN top 10. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's got to beat out two guys, in my opinion, right now. 
It, well, it could be three, but I'm going to just say two for right now. He's got to beat out Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. He's got to beat out John Morant. Yeah. Those are the two guys mm-hmm. um, for different reasons. Uh, and so and, and we, we don't know what's going to happen with Jamal Murray, how he's going to bounce back and all this other stuff. So you don't have to worry about Kawhi because he's not, he's not quote-unquote a guard. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Right. Because we know Luka will probably get a spot. Like, yeah. He'll probably be a forward. In what? Well, I think he was a guard last year. Yeah. CBKRA in the chat said, I think his performance will will be, but he might not get the actual accolade, we'll which see. is something right. that I feel like we've 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 gone down that road a couple times. Before. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't make first team all NBA. A lot of people had a problem with him making it this year, which was dumb to me. But um, yeah, you got Steph Curry, Jaw, Luca in that guard, like Chris Paul and Trey Young rounded out the NBA. Guard, though. He is, though. But he's not. He's a guard. What is he? Jay wants to know. Luca's a. He's like he's a small forward. You dropped the ball. So we oh, said he's you a hoe. So <laughs> Damn it! He's a hoe. Damn it! <laughs> My bad, Jay. Oh, no. You threw the lob, and I just went up there like Javel. That's tough. Instead of like Da. Oh, Damn it! Man. My bad. That's. Oh my man. bad. Well, fuck we Javel. He went to the Dallas Mavericks. I can dog him on him now. Got paid. I do. I do like him though. Got paid. See how conflicted I am. Like fuck him, but I do yeah, like him. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. That's what I'm saying. When we go back to the hate question, that's how I feel. Like yeah. I don't actually hate you, but also I kind of hate you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But not really. Not you. You. Okay. Mm. Anyway, back to our burning questions. The final one of the day. Is Mikel Bridges or is DeAndre Ayton the team's third offensive option? If you want to win a championship, it damn well better be DA. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, man. Listen, uh, Mikel is a nice – this is what I think of the Suns. They're a five-course meal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? You got the appetizer because Chris Paul gets you into things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, another appetizer – which is a little bit more of a beefed-up appetizer, which is Devin Booker. He's he's the one that sets the tone for what's going to happen. You need the main course, and the main course has to be DA in this, this, this instance because the main course being down low, being able to be physical, being able to be a leader on the defensive side, like all the things that DA is going to have to anchor, and then the development he's going to have to show from the perimeter as well. There's just so many things that are on DA's plate, whereas Mikhail – He's a nice he's a nice piece. He's a nice piece, but not a completely necessary piece to win a championship in my opinion compared to DA. Look, I I I I agree with you. I think I think the third option last year was DA. I think that'll continue to be the case. You look at I know this is a simplistic way of looking at it, but field goal attempts he was second on the team behind only Devin Booker and then it was very very pretty stacked close. Chris Paul at 11 shots, Mikael Bridges 10 and a half. Campaign 10, that might be too high. Cam Johnson at 9. So how, like, How many for DA, you said? DA is at 12. Jesus so Christ. DA was ahead of Chris Paul. Booker led the way with 21, which makes sense. DA needs to average more than that. He needs 14, I, 15 shots a game. I agree with you. I, I do think that part of that, though, is how much has he added to his offensive game because we've talked about this so many times. you got to have a dribble move. If you, wanna, if you want more touches, if you want to be that third, second option on offense – you got to be able to create some of your own offense. And to this point, he doesn't do that. So can he do that this year? Has he added dribble moves? Has he added more post-up moves to his bag? Like, can you rely on him for that? If the answer is yes, absolutely. Add those new wrinkles in, run sets for him, do that. Shift away from Chris Paul um, and and keep it balanced, like you said, because this team has guys that can score from every angle. But if he hasn't done that, like they already run a shit ton of pick and rolls they collapse on him because he is such 
an automatic bucket when he rolls yeah. like that. So it's it's a tough one. Blue Gold said Aiton needs to become this team's second option. I agree. I, I agree. I don't see that for this it, year. I, I don't think it's going to happen with Chris Paul in the fold, but I agree. Like honestly, like if that's the next step, like you uh, listen. We've seen it too many times already. You can't keep relying on Chris Paul as your second option because it never happens in the playoffs. Well, not never happens. It does happen, but like it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this narrative where he's always hurt when we need him the most. Like that's that's been the case. Like uh, so, if you if you want to move forward and you want to stop relying on Chris Paul, you need to have Da be the second option and Chris Paul be the third, the third option as you move through this season right it, but that completely is predicated on da's development and how he how he comes forward if da is the same da as last year or the year before then no he's not the second option you can't have him be he's got to take that next step mm-hmm. i think da i'm hoping that this anger that he has right now he just harnesses it as much as possible and he just goes out there and beats the hell out of everyone like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping for this year. I hope he tries to dunk on everybody. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think he's going to play at a higher level. I mean, even if it's not that type of aggression, even if it's more of an emotional, mental aggression, I think that could be beneficial for him, too. Just chuck somebody into the third row of the stands and just call it a day. He He's pissed off right now, whether it's at us, whether it's at Monty, whether it's at the whole situation, we don't know. But he does seem like he's got a, a chip on his shoulder, and rightfully so. So I'm intrigued to see what we get from him whether we see more in his bag this I, might season. The, I might go to the game on sunday and be like feed it feed the <laughs> anger da embrace the dark side <laughs> i mean as long as it works for us gerald we might just need you to piss off da a handful of times this season yeah, i'd rather take, not you gotta but, take one for yeah, the team man exactly let's go be a team player Gerald. DA. Uh, everyone says that you're overrated. What are your thoughts? Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a good media session. Why do Suns fans me. hate you so much? Oh man, <laughs> shit. They I don't. Mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's yeah, tough. Be the beast. I, it's tough. I'm not gonna lie. I don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. But well, I do want to kind of watch. I'm willing to get a credential I, I, I and go be, down there once or twice. I'd be curious yeah. to know what happens. <laughs> Feed the beast. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. Instigating. Instigating. <laughs> there you go. Lori did the Gerald today. Good job, Lori. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Same place right here on our YouTube channel. We are going to have a special guest joining us. We also will have a second special guest. We can say it, can't we? I don't know. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, we have John Bloom coming in studio tomorrow. Who? Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> Holy that? shit. That just, that just took me back to my military days because that's Whoa. what you say after like, you know, like, hey, can I get a hoo hoo? Like, I didn't just die. Anyway, <laughs> we're all having flashbacks then, today. I don't know what the hell happened. It's you started. Throwback Thursday. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then yeah, and then, uh, tomorrow morning I'm going to talk to EJ um, and get his thoughts on the season two. So, um, yeah. Well, we'll see where this all goes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, at least I, I didn't say, can I get a oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the oh. best one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, Let's God. land the okay. fucking ship. Goodbye, everybody. We appreciate you. Until we see you tomorrow. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul <laughs> underscore Bookman. And you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. One of you guys pick. I don't know. Your turn. I don't know if Saul should do it today. No. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. 